Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. We'll up to Scranton now and talk with Donnie Collins. Donnie, first of all, welcome back. Thanks so much for your time today and a busy Monday. Oh, yeah, it's a very busy Monday, but any time for you, Steve. Appreciate it very much, Donnie. Okay. So the primary topic of the press conference, for obvious reasons, is what happened with Mike Yersich. In the end, were you surprised by the move, or is it more the timing of the move? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I was surprised by the move. I wouldn't have bet that it would happen during the season, just because James has never made that kind of a move during the season. But but I, I think there were some clear signs the last couple of weeks that this was not going to work out with, with Yersich over the long term. Um, and, and James, after the game on Saturday, you know, when a when a head coach says, you know, we have to create some easy throws that every team does, that's not a that's not a that's not a good sign for the offensive coordinator because you know it's obvious that that's really what this offense is missing. Some of those bread and butter plays in the passing game where you're going to get five six yards and get yourself on schedule, get get all those things that you want as an offense, get yourself moving, get your quarterback in the rhythm, and all that. But yeah, and I agreed with James on that. But I didn't I didn't wake up Sunday thinking they were gonna. They're going to let go of Yersich because simply because that that hadn't happened before. But you know, it, to a degree, it's a it's a bold move uh, in the sense that you know you, you, if you know you got to make it, you, you make it now and, and you get yourself in the market. But you also put yourself in the crosshairs for a couple of weeks here because look, you have now you know let go of three offensive coordinators in your tenure, and the next hire probably is. Is going to be somebody you, that everybody's got to be really happy with, and it's got to be a it's got to be a home run hire. So I, I think a lot of pressure put on James, but but I also in, in that regard don't don't believe James looks at it, or I don't think he shies away from the pressure of, of, of making a making a big hire. I mean, it, 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 Manny Diaz was one, Yurcich was one. So I, I think he's he's got the courage of his, of his convictions, but moving forward, I, I think this next one's got to be a good one for him. Right. Um, I know. Pat, I felt Penn State actually ran the ball well on Saturday against yeah. Michigan. Yet when you look at the first down mix, and the first down mix was fine in terms of the number of yards they gained, but it is unusual when you have 22 first down plays in a game you didn't win, and 19 of the 22 are runs. Do you think that factors into the you have to have some easier throws in there for your quarterback, especially early? Yeah, I, I, I totally think that. I, at one point during the game, it's funny you mentioned it, because I forgot I did this and all the excitement, but at one point in the game, I, I, I turned to Frank Bodani, who was the next man. I know you've had him on the show a lot. But I, I said to Frank, how, many, how often have they thrown on first down? And at that point in the game, it was two. And I think the third one came pretty late. And it might have been the last drive where you're, mm-hmm. where, where they had some desperation to them. But they, they were really – and, again, you can't argue it because they were running it well enough. I mean, yes. they, they were doing their job in, in that fast of the game. So if it's, if it's not broke, why, why change it? And they were – I don't think they were necessarily off schedule as they were in other – definitely in the Ohio State game they were mm-hmm. third and long all the time. But they were running the ball well enough. So I, I didn't think it was that big a deal. But I, I did before the game say, hey, look, you know, first play here, run your easy, run your safest pass play. Get yourself, get yourself five, six yards, get going. And they ran it. And 
you didn't see that safe pass play. So I, so I think you're 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 right. I, I think when you look at the mix, when it's nineteen to three, that's no faith in the in the pass game. And I don't know if this is the offensive coordinator. You can have no faith in the pass game. You have to have those couple of plays that are going to work, and and and, and move yourself down the field, or at least. You know, the, the whole rhythm thing with Drew, that it, it's a big thing. You know, when he gets out of rhythm, mm-hmm. he's not the same player. But when he's in rhythm, he's terrific. So you got to get him going. And I don't think in either of the two losses, Penn State did. And the, the obvious response to that is, well, they lost to two of the best three or four teams in the country and two of the three or four best defenses in the country, and I get that. But there, you, you still have to figure out a way. There's, there's got to be somewhere where you can compete in that area and, and, and make sure your offense is – is giving itself a chance, and I'm not sure running it 19 times, even running it well, mm-hmm. uh, is, is the way to go there against a good team. Uh, the to me the key sequence in the game, and you may disagree with this, and I know they ran it 32 straight times. And with that quarterback, you're always worried he's going to play action. You can't just put 11 guys in the box because this guy's going to can play action it, uh, and he's really good at it at 84. percent But to me, the key sequence was you score at the end of the first half. And we could debate the extra point thing, but, that, you know, that's fine. Uh, but you score at the end of the half, you have some momentum, and you're going to get the ball to start the second half. And you're 6 of 9 on the season entering the game, scoring on your first drive of the second half with five touchdowns and a field goal. And you get a first down, and then you get another first down, but that's when Drew fumbles the ball in getting that first down. They recovered. Now, I know it turns out to be three, but they took forever to get down the field to do it, I, and and they ate the clock and got three points. To me, that was the sequence between the two. Yeah, I thought there was two sequences in the game, and that was certainly one of them. Where and, and I don't know about you, I I had a feeling they were going to score. I, I I thought they yeah. figured something out. They came out pretty aggressive yes. there, and I thought at that point, yeah, they're they're looking pretty good here. To and it, it was what was it, fourteen to nine at that point. Yes. Even if they get three, right. you're feeling pretty good about it if you're Penn State. So I mm-hmm. I thought that was that was a huge play and. But James is right. You know, you're leaving points on the field. Uh, you, you have to you have to be able to. You know, points are going to be at a premium in that game. And I think even with Michigan scoring 24, that's that's, uh, that's evidence that points are at a premium because they're averaging over 40. So yeah, you had. I, I thought that was a big sequence, and I thought not being able to punch it in first and goal from the three. Agreed. Uh, in, in the first quarter was, was huge. I, I thought at that point that that there was going to be some trouble there because. Again, points at a premium, but you can't. I mean, that's a big swing there in the second in the second half. Start, you know, with Drew putting the ball, you know, on on the ground. The Michigan player made a made a good play, went after the ball. Yes, he, did. he should have done. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, you look at it, it's probably a ten point swing if, at best because you know Penn State maybe goes goes in and scores a touchdown there. You get get seven, and you end up giving up giving up three off of that. And the way Michigan plays. They play like Illinois did a couple of years ago, where they're just going to run it every time, mm-hmm. and, if, if, and they're going to they're going to wind the clock down. They're going to take, like you said, take forever. They're just the opportunities in that game just weren't going to be there to, to to score very often to come back and to get into a rhythm. So I thought it was it was huge there to, to fumble when you had a rhythm. That that was pretty much I thought the you know, that was that was the moment I think you know when I started writing the column because I because I, I thought this is probably the. This is probably going to be hard to come back from. Right, I agree with that. And and again, the ability of McCarthy to be a play action passer and be so good at it, or to tuck it down himself and run, 
that keeps you a little off balance. Well, why don't you throw 11 in the box? Because with this guy, you can't throw 11 in the box. You don't know what he's going to do with it. Illinois, in the nine-overtime game, did not have a guy that could throw the ball, not even in the same realm as this guy. And I think that that played a role. And I think I think Michigan was smart. Their defense yeah. is playing well, so let's chew yards and clock. Yeah, Michigan did a you know considering they didn't have their head coach, I thought Michigan played a very smart, calm, mm-hmm. and collective game. And you know, and you could do that with McCarthy because I mean it's weird because he was seven for eight for like sixty yards, and I mm-hmm. was actually even a little more convinced that he should be in the Heisman race after that because sure. I thought he kind of controlled the game because you have to honor him. Even if you're run, even if you're running Corum and Donovan Edwards all the time, you have to still honor McCarthy. So I, I, I thought that was a that, that was a that was a he was a big factor in the, in that game. And, and and you're right, they you know Michigan. I thought you know there were some some moments. I think Penn State was chasing points. And again, we get to bait the, the two point conversions and all that. But I, I thought that the coaching staff played a little bit differently than they than they used to than they're usually doing as, as Penn State and Michigan. Really, even without Harbaugh, was was pretty set in what they were going to do, and they they just executed the game plan. and And I think that you know, I, I don't think that was lost on anybody on Penn State sideline after the game. It's interesting. I was talking with Ritz Garcella, and he told me he was going through the parking lot, and people were asking, you know, do you think they can hang with this team? Do you think they can hang with him? Well, now they lose to Ohio State by eight, lost the game on the road, didn't win. They lose this game by nine at home, didn't win. In reality, as now you've watched this out, how big is the gap between Penn State and the, those two? Is it large? Is it small? Is it a couple of plays? What What is it in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's, it, it looks bigger than it really is. And, uh, you know, you, you look at it, they're within one possession the entire game of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I think there was times, my criticism of them was, was they played like there were maybe – Two possessions behind at times against Ohio State, and and and, and you know, with, with the, they should have punted at one point and, and all that. And so I think it, it, it is, and, and I think it was pretty much the same with Michigan. I, I I never thought they were uncompetitive in that game. I, I thought mm-hmm. actually I thought for most of the day they were they were pretty even. So you know I and, and I don't I, I didn't think they even did a bad job stopping the run. I mean we're just you're going to give up 200 yards when when you when you when they're running the ball that much. So I, I, I didn't think that some of the things that, that have hurt them in the past against Michigan hurt them in this game. But, you know, is there a gap? Yes. And, and I think the fact that there is a gap is significant. And some of that gap is probably a mental gap, too. It, and it's not just the players. It's, it's the coaches. And it, it, it's a lot of things that shouldn't, you know, maybe be there. But they're there when – but they, they show up when you lose – Year after year after year to the yeah. same teams, and, and and I think I think it starts to manifest itself. And look, I, I don't I, I think talent wise, Penn State's there. I, I think they are maybe a cut behind Ohio State on offense. Maybe a you know I, I think style wise, they're they're different than Michigan, and what Michigan's doing well right now and what's making them successful is that their style is a little bit different, and and, and they've got the quarterback right now who could. Who could run? Who could, who could run their offense the way Harbaugh wants? And and Corum is a good back, but you know I, I think any given year, look, I mean they're winning ten games a year. They they can't be that bad. They can't. This can't be a you know I, I you know I, I hear the questions coming through. Oh, what do you think today? I think it'll be a good game. Oh, I don't know. Well, 
it's, it's got to be a good game. It, it, they were, it, was a, it was a good game against Ohio State. They were in it. They didn't play very well, but they were in it. I thought they played a little better this time. And if you take the fumble out of it, who knows? So I, I think they're close, but they're not there. The, 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 right. the question I would the, – the, what, what, right. I, what, what I debate here with myself is, are they closer to being the fifth-best team in next year's Big Ten or the sixth-best team than they are to being the second-best team? And that's, I think, I, I don't have the answer to that, but I think that's kind of the concern I would have because once, you know, Washington, USC, UCLA, whoever comes in, little different conference. So, so th- this was probably their chance to get to, to go to position themselves for next year to be one of the big three. But I think right now they're, they're the third. And that's not good enough. James has said it a million times, not good enough right. for them. Certainly, certainly not good enough for them. Certainly not good enough for the fans. But it is what it is at this point. And I don't, you know, I, yeah, I think there's a gap, and and the and the size of that gap is hard to define. But I think it's a, it's a pretty good one mentally. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with the four West Coast teams come in, for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're big names, and have had great performances. But they're also coming in, and three of the four are going to have new quarterbacks. <laughs> because there will yeah. be no Bo Nix, no Michael Penix, and in all likelihood, no Caleb Williams. So I don't really know how good they're going to be next year because they're, they're going to have new quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and that's the big game. It's the, the great equalizer is, is the quarterback. And, and who knows? It could be anybody <laughs> you know, because, right. because there's free agency, basically. Sure. But, but yeah, if you look at I, – I, I, I happen to be looking at Oregon's roster from – a couple of years ago, <laughs> just to see some offensive stats for them, and I uh, obviously the reason why. But but you know, I, I didn't I I didn't know half of their players, and, and you know I, I don't watch Oregon every week. So you're looking at the quarterback it was Anthony Brown, I think he was a good player, but he, he's certainly he's not Bo Nix, you know. And and Penix is, you know, I, I thought Penix was a really good player at Indiana, and he's you, know, you put him around a better talent at Washington. And you put them on the turf. That's a that's a really good, really good quarterback there. So, but but they they do lose those guys, and who knows who they get. But you know, you know it, it's every season's going to look so different now, thanks to the portal and, and and things like that. But the one thing that the thing that doesn't look different is Ohio State's at the top, Michigan's there, and mm-hmm. you know, could you could you get to that level? But but you would hope if you're Penn State that you can prove that you're better than the four guys coming in. Because if you're better than those four guys, you still give yourself a chance at that tournament. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what Michigan's going to look like next year with everything yeah, that's gone on there. Year. And McCarthy may be yeah. an NFL draft guy. He's, he's in his third year now. So we don't know what they're going to look like next year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah they're not going to have the, those two guards, the uh, 77, Zinter and uh, and Keegan, Keegan are really good players. And I, and yeah. I think they they're, they're able to they're able to get to the second level pretty quick. They'll be gone. Corum's gone. Donovan Edwards, I believe, is gone. Uh, mm-hmm. McCarthy could go. It, it, you know, so, so you don't know what Michigan is going to be. If Harbaugh, if, I mean, I think it's likely Harbaugh won't be there next year. So, but yeah, it, it, it changes. It changes every year. But you know, when you look at it in the now, it, I think that's when it that's when it seems bleaker. And you, you, it, it seems like you know. Penn State's in this precarious position where the losses mean a little more than the wins right now, and they have to figure out a way to to change that going forward. And and you know, once you win one of those games against one of those teams, you're you're good. But the problem next year is they don't play Michigan. Right. You know, uh, when it comes to the offensive coordinator hire, whenever it does happen, 
How interested are you going to be in the style of offense that he has a reputation for running, considering how Drew plays the game and how Bo Perbula plays the game? Yeah, I think that's the the entire key. I mean, I I can't imagine. I mean, and there's I, so I I I like to follow a lot of these guys, all these new offenses that you see. Uh, the UNLV offense, for for instance, is one that I was watching, and I know that that's a guy. He's a Pittsburgh guy, um, the guy running that that offense, and it's it's neat. <laughs> they do a lot of fun things, and it's interesting. But you know, you, you start to think, is that going to work in the, in the Big Ten if they if they do something like that? So, so I I would tend to think that James is going to go with somebody who kind of does what they currently do only better, and and I think that's mm-hmm. really the. the the goal, right? I mean, it's, it's always the goal because that, that fits your personnel. And even in the transfer portal area, most of your personnel is coming back every year. So you you, you want to bring in somebody who could who could play a, a style that's going to benefit Drew Allen or who's going to benefit Bo Perbule in a year. Or, uh, you know, it, it's going to work Nick Single and Katron Allen in because you're hoping you have all those guys. And, and you know, someone who could develop receivers, you know, scheme them open, things like that. You know, And, and most importantly, someone who players are going to want to play for so i think you know i i don't think it's going to be someone totally dissimilar from from mike yurisich and i don't think it's going to be something totally dissimilar from what franklin has always said he wants to do it's not going to be something some kind of crazy new scheme coming in but you know that said there are guys out there who have run who have worked for james and 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 done his system before so I, I think you know, sometimes I, I think that's overvalued. You see these lists of guys' names. Uh, here's possible candidates, and nobody really knows because James didn't tell them. So nobody really knows who's who's being looked at. And I'm, I'm, I'd be very surprised if anybody was being looked at right now, unless there's unless James has a candidate that he that he knows he's bringing in. But I think when this is a year that I I might put a little more stock in that because. I think it's got to be a it's got to be a hire that the, the fans are going to like. Uh, I think I, I don't know I don't know if it has to be, but it's got it, I think it would help, and I think it would have to be it would be somebody with some familiarity with what they with what they do who could come in and I guess you know take them to a to, to another level or a level they've been at in the past. Donnie, great conversation as always. Thanks so much for giving us the time today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Steve. Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune.